You're listening to The Unprofessional Entrepreneur, the podcast where small business owners learn to build their business unprofessionally. It's high time to stop stressing about having perfect content and a conventional way to market your business. I want you to embrace your unprofessional side and learn to succeed on your own terms. I'm your host, Feli, a feel-good marketing mentor and the owner of a content repurposing agency, FDVA. Tune in each Thursday when new episodes air and let's build your business unprofessionally. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Unprofessional Entrepreneur. I am so excited because I am joined by someone that I've been following for a minute. I don't... Actually, that's not true. I do know where I originally found you. It was through Jordan. Um, But I ended up joining MPEM... Wait, MPEM? No. Yeah, that's the right order. I always... I'm so bad with acronyms. (laughs) Um, um, I ended up joining that program last year. It was great. Love Ashley. Will forever be in her corner since then. But I was so excited to invite her onto the show because... I love this topic because I used to be strongly against pitching so, so hard. I mostly because of bad pitching. Let's be real. It's because of the people in your DMs, the people with the the copy paste, the calling you like, hey, marketing mentor, like not a fan. <laughs> but you launched this challenge, I think, at the same time I was in the program. And so it was like very relevant for me at that time. And I... I love to see you relaunching it because it's something that I think a lot of people need to hear and learn and change their mindset around. So Ashley, could you introduce yourself to the followers, to the fans, and let us know a little bit about you? Yeah, well, thanks for the intro. I'm Ashley Pollard. I run a few businesses, but the one that you are referencing is Team AP Consulting, where I have a membership called The Doers, and uh, we are doing all things business over there, talking about you know bringing my 12 years of corporate experience to the digital entrepreneur who maybe doesn't have access to some of the greatest minds in business, or maybe who doesn't hasn't worked in really big brands or really big um, corporate offices. Because when I was in New York, I worked for really major brands like Prada, Rebecca Minkoff, Kendall and Kylie, Sam Edelman, Oscar De La Renta, Gucci. And I learned a lot and I'm bringing that to the, you know, the solopreneur, the new entrepreneur, the woman who maybe didn't take business classes or is figuring this out on their own. So uh, that's what I'm doing at Team AP. That is where I used to have group programs, which is where Feli, you and I kind of like started working together. And then um, now I'm really just focusing on the membership. And yeah, you know, pitching is something that I'm really passionate about. And it's something that gets a really bad rap. But uh, I'm really glad that we're talking about it today. So, I mean, I've listened to all your podcast episodes, so I already know the answer. But for the people who don't know the answer, why do you encourage like small business entrepreneurs to pitch themselves? Well, the thing is, is that first and foremost, I want to put out that pitching gets a bad rap because people get pitched to all the time in an obvious and disgusting way, right? 
it's a pitch when someone writes you and says, hey, girly, have you ever considered selling Mary Kay, which like probably dates me a little bit, but, um, you know, that is a gross pitch. It's a gross pitch if someone says, like, for instance, someone wrote me and said, hey, Ashley, have you ever considered focusing on email marketing? And I'm like, you have clearly not joined my list because I'm a big email marketer. Um, you know, those kinds of like unwarranted pitches are what we tend to think of where it's like, well, I don't want to be gross. The thing is, you're probably not going to be because the goal of pitching is not to sell. A pitch is not a sell. So if you're like, well, I don't want to sound salesy, you should not sound salesy. You should not be selling in a pitch at all. And what we want to do instead is open up the door for a conversation. So in essence, you're saying, I exist. If you have this problem, let's chat. That's a pitch. Like that's a simple, plain and simple email. You can say, hey, I do this. Uh, I help people who need this. If that's something you're thinking about, let's talk. Like it's that simple. And the reason that I'm so passionate about it is because it's such an easy way to get in front of people and open up doors and create relationships. And it makes you fully in control. It puts you fully in the driver's seat of your sales. It's a skill you don't unlearn. And uh, to me, that that's, that's empowerment. That is where I find freedom, knowing that I know how to open the door, ask for, you know, connection, see if there's a genuine need for my service, and then move forward. And I really like pitching and like your take on pitching, because I feel like for a long time, I felt like I couldn't control my sales. And all I wanted to Mm -hmm. do was to be able to control them. And people were always like, well, like, release your need for control. And it was like, but I need to make money. <laughs> like, yeah, there I'm are times when you need to make money. On money. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I'm all for it because it's like you said, something that you can't unlearn the skill. You'll have the skill forever, but it's also like, it gives you that control. And if you're in a place where you're struggling, you can always come back to it. Like no matter the time of year. Well, and what people don't realize is that like, On Instagram, if you say, go buy my services, here are my services that you can choose from, and you put it on your Instagram story, you're pitching. That's a pitch, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, the thing is that if you have 100 followers, you just sent 100 pitches in one minute, right? And that's the power of social media. But there's a couple things. One, it's not very connective. Two, it's not very proactive. And three, not everybody likes Instagram. Some people's Mm -hmm. social media or marketing tactics might be leaning more towards LinkedIn or towards Pinterest or YouTube or whatever it is. So if you don't like Instagram and don't want to build a quote unquote a following, then pitching is a way to get those pitches out there without having to do it on stories. Sometimes it's quicker to send 50. We did a pitch race inside of the doers recently where we put like three or four hours on the calendar and it was the first one to 50. And there were people who got through um, pitches in an hour. So if it takes you longer to put up an Instagram story than an hour, it might be quicker to just pitch to people, you know? And that's where, like you said, it's proactive because when we're talking about pitching, we're talking about sending emails versus like using social media and Instagram, LinkedIn, like all of those, you run into the problem of people who need you might not see you, even if they follow you. 
Uh-huh. And especially the ones who don't follow you, they won't see you. <laughs> so yeah, if exactly. you're getting into someone's email, you get to speak to them directly. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that, like, that's where the proactive, like, control aspect comes in. Mm-hmm. I'm really ambitious. I have really big goals. And I do not gamble my success. Hard stop, right? Now, I'm very active on social media. But to me, it's more like to like showcase who I am to connect more closely with my audience. It's not, I don't love to make sales there. Right. So for me, if I need to make sales, then am I going to sit here and hope and pray that somebody finds my profile and that they love my branding and that they happen to sign up for my freebie so that they join the email list. And then they maybe see this Instagram story that I can control the algorithm. It's like, or hear me out. You send them an email, you know, Yeah, exactly. So I know that you like help people review their pitches in the doers. Where do you see most people going wrong in their process? Oh my God, lengthy emails. So, and this is why I try to tell people like pitching is not selling Mm -hmm. because the number one way to lose someone's interest is to make them work. And you are the one working, not them right? So if I send you, Feli, an email that says, hi, I'm Ashley Pollard. I run Team AP Consulting, which is a membership and community for female entrepreneurs, but I'm also running Dial Zero Marketing, which is social media for celebrities and Fast Forward Productions, which is a podcast agency. Then, uh, and we are looking for new clients. The people that we serve, da-da-da-da-da, and then da-da-da-da-da, and here's some case studies if you'd like to review. Most people who work with us say da 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 It's like, they're not reading it. It's just, it's getting deleted, like point blank. The other thing is that now you're selling, Mm -hmm. right? I always like to tell people sales and dating are identical. They're literally identical. And if I went on a first date with someone, or not even that, if I was talking to someone on, let's say like like a dating app, right? And I said, oh, it looks like you're interested in uh, baseball, right? And they said, I am interested in baseball. And also my mom says that I'm a great cook. I'm really nice to my sister. The last person that I dated cheated on me, but it's okay. I went to therapy and I'm working on it. And here's something that someone else said about me. And I really like to do this. And it looks like it's like, hey, my guy, dial it down. Okay. (laughs) I am not trying to date you right now. I'm trying to see if I'm interested in dating you. And that's what the pitch is. It's basically, do you want to go to dinner to talk and see if we vibe? That's it. Right. So what I always try to tell people is that honestly, pitches can be two sentences. If I were to send a pitch, you can literally write this down verbatim. Let's say I was doing one for Dial Zero Marketing, which is our marketing agency. I might reach out to say someone and say, hey, Feli, love what you're doing with your product. It's really incredible. The growth that you've seen and you should be really proud of yourself. We're currently on the mark. We're currently looking for, you know, two to three new clients to fill our social media roster. Let us know if you have any interest in social. We'd be happy to chat give you some details, whether or not now's the right time. That's it. Like I do this, first of all, lead with an, lead with a compliment. Here's what I do. If you're in the market, let's chat. And that's it. Because if I give you my pricing and my breakdown and my case studies and my background, all of those give you a reason to say no, right? I don't want you to say yes or no due to the pitch email. I want you to get on a call. I'll close you on a call. Right. And if you're interested and we get on a call, you're probably going to say yes, because I'm going to find a way 
to not convince you, not manipulate you, but I'm going to hear what your needs are. And I'm going to construct a package for you live on the call. Like it's going to happen, right? I have something for everyone, which is my nine grid, which you learned about in Mm -hmm. MPEM. There's no way for someone to say no to your services if you use the way that I build a product suite, which the training is in our membership if you're interested or if you're listening and you're in the doers. So for me, if you get on a call and you say, well, you know, we really just want Instagram, but we don't have a huge budget, I have something for you. If you're like, oh, well, we want the whole kit and caboodle, Pinterest, email, TikTok, da 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 great, I have that for you. Like, I'm listening to you on the call and saying, we have anything you want. You don't know that, but I know that, right? (laughs) So I'm not trying to get a yes from an email. I'm trying to get a call from an email. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know, and I I love that because I think too many people push for the sale too soon. Yes. Like the call is the better time. Yeah, yeah. And it's like even to want to know that it's going to be a yes before the call, and it's like, well, you can't. You can't know that. Like you have, that's what the call's for to, to get yeah. the yes. Right. And so it's like letting yeah. things happen in their time instead of pushing it. Yeah. And it's nerves and it's anxiety. And I get that, which is why we have to break this stigma that it matters so fucking much. Sorry. I don't know if I can cuss on here, but that's why on, in the doers, we do the 100 pitch challenge. And the reason for that is because you are going to get a lot of no's. If you put up an Instagram story and 100 people see it, are you getting 100 sales? No, you might not even be getting one. The same happens with pitching. But the difference is that, uh, let's say you get 3% of people who say yes to you. That means for every, you know, what, 30 people you get, I can't do math this early in the morning. But, you know, yeah, you get one person, right? (laughs) So it's like, it's, it's like, it's a numbers game. So, you know, putting yourself out there and sending those pitches, it's so it's it's so important that you do a lot at once and you break this idea that like cuz it used to be that I would say you have to go pitch and then people would pitch five people and just destroy their self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Nobody's reaching out, nobody wants to say yes to me. First of all, it's not a single pitch, it's a pitch cycle. Four emails if you're in the doers, I have all of them pre-written for you. But it's a pitch cycle. So it's all four emails. Guess what email people respond to the most is four. The fourth email. The second most uh, answered to email is the third. So it's like you have to go through that full pitch cycle and you have to build up that confidence. Because if you don't have the confidence, you're going to, going back to my analogy about dating, you're going to walk up to a cute guy at the bar and instead of saying, hey, I, you know, I just wanted to introduce myself. You look like a cool guy. You're going to say, hi, I'm Ashley, and I would love to date you, and I'm just curious if you're interested in marriage, and also what are your thoughts on kids and religion? And it's like, hey, I've never met you. Yeah. Okay? That is the equivalent. We do not want to ask people, you know, if they want to get married and have babies the second that we meet. We just want to say, do you want to get a drink? Do you want to get to know each other better? That's it. Yeah, no, that's the perfect analogy because people do do that. People do ask you, are you interested in children the second they meet you? And <laughs> it's usually like, yeah. maybe you should ask my name first. But <laughs> you're like, I'm Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you. And there's more to mm-hmm. it than that. Um, but I wanted to get into a little bit about the concept you were sharing on your on your socials, I think last week, about pockets, budgets, and banks. 
Yes. Is there a way that people can tell before pitching? If people like kind what? Of. Yeah. So let's introduce it first mm-hmm. so that people kind of know this idea. So at the end of the day, I think there's only three clients. And this is why niching yourself is like so A, dumb, and B, incredibly nuanced. But the thing is, is that there's only three clients. And not only that, there's only three business models. And so you have to kind of know which one you fall into because it's going to guide the entire future of all of your business decisions. Who do you sell to? Pockets, budgets, or banks. And the idea here is, are people giving you money out of their pocket? Are they giving you grocery money? Are they giving you wine money? Are they giving you happy hour money? Are they giving you childcare money? Uh, That's pockets. Two is, are they giving you budgets? So do they have a a business where part of their revenue is going to you? Do they have a business where they have a marketing spend? This doesn't necessarily have to mean that they only have a $1,000 budget. You can have a $1 million budget uh, and be a budget client, right? And then the third one is banks. And that doesn't mean that you're selling to a bank. That means that the capital is coming from a bank. And it doesn't have to be capital one. It could be investment funds. It could be uh, really big crowd crowdfunding uh, or like crowdsource. I don't forget what that word is. Crowdfunding, I think it is. Um, it could come from a loan, but those are clients that you may talk to if you do run a big business who are saying, we just got a $2 million loan. We just got a $500,000 loan. And those are people who typically are like, we want in on the big thing, or we want to like grow with you. Right. Mm -hmm. But they're three completely different business models. Now it's not necessarily, can you tell when you're pitching to them? Because if someone said, Hey, go talk to, you know, this girl, Jen, which is always like my example name. I don't know from looking at her, which one she is, but I will probably know from where I found her. Okay. So for instance, and what they say. So for instance, I always like to find leads uh, in a few different places. And I like to pitch to bank businesses personally for dial zero marketing, my marketing agency. So what I try to do is I go to different um, websites that show who got investments, how much those investments gave, you know, got for them. And I'll reach out and I'll say, Hey, congratulations on the $2 million investment. That's so exciting. Would love to be a part of it. And I know that they got an investment because I found them in that space, right? I found them, uh, in a place where people are generally sharing open source information about the investment space. So there's that. Um, if somebody is coming, most people are going to come from a revenue space and, or um, a budget space, sorry, unless you are specifically pitching to someone who like exited an incubator or like got an investment, like I said, or a loan or something like that. Um, most people are probably going to be spending revenue money and you know, if somebody is spending personal money or pocket money because they're probably not in business yet, right? They're probably pre- launch. Uh, They might be just at the beginning. So for instance, if I have an intake form and someone says, you know, I have a $500 budget, or if someone says I just started three months ago, that's probably pocket money. And with every single level comes really great opportunity. And with every single level comes hardship. So one is not easier than the other. One might be easier than the other for your preferences, but 
they're, they're all different. So that's just really quick. That's the breakdown, but you won't really be able to tell until you get some information from them, or maybe you'll tell because of where you found them in the first place. I like that. And I think I agree. Like if you're finding them in one place versus the other, it does, it does speak to where they're at in their business. Because obviously with dial zero, you're pitching way bigger clients than like I pitch with my agency, which is where I'm pitching like coaches. Um, But that was something that I found really interesting in the, in the challenge in the hundred pitch challenge, because you have all of these like unique places to find people's email addresses where I feel like the usual is like Instagram or LinkedIn or, you know, sourcing. So what are some of the other ways that you help people find emails or find clients to pitch? Yeah. So, I mean, there's some there, I have a really good blog post on this, by the way, if you go to uh, teamap.consulting and go to the blog, you'll see it under sales. It's called like where to find leads. It's a massive comprehensive list. One of the easiest places, if you are selling to budgets or to pockets is to find them in the Instagram comments. Mm -hmm. When I started, that's how I made literally all of my money is I would go to places where people had so many comments that they could not respond to all of them right? Let's use Jenna Kutcher as an example. I could go to Jenna Kutcher's post. And if she has 1600 comments, do you think that she's responding to every single one of those people? No, she's also not taking one-on-one clients. So she's not trying to like convert Felly Day into a client of hers. She's trying to convince her following to buy a course as she should. That's her business model, right? So if Jenna Kutcher is not going to be responding or working one-on-one with her comment section, I will. So I would go into the comments and I would see if I could find people who needed what I knew I could do. So let's say she put up a post that said like pricing details. Here's how much you should charge for a course, which I don't think she would post that kind of thing, but let's in this fake universe act like she is. Here's how much you should charge for a course. If all, if there's so many comments that say like, wait, but what if I'm not the face of it? Or like, what would you charge if it's only 45 minutes? Or how would you do it if da-da-da-da-da? And I would reply to those people and I'd say, hey, shoot me a DM, I can help with this. Hey, shoot me a DM, I can help with this. And I'd probably help them for free because like how easy is it to give one answer, right? So if they're like, you know, oh, I have a 45-minute webinar, maybe I'd send her a voice note and say, hey, I saw your comment on Jenna Kutcher's post. I just wanted to let you know that what I typically do with clients, authority builder, what I typically Mm -hmm. do with clients is uh, take a look at X, Y, and Z, and that's how I would build pricing. You could think of it this way. If you wanted to do an upsell, here's an easy idea. Just basically giving her feedback, not as a peer, but as like a mentor. And then she's going to be like, who is this person? Scour my website, realize she's perfect for me, and then we would probably end up working together. Would that happen every time? No. Remember the 10 to 1 ratio. So you know, it wouldn't happen all the time, but that is one of the easiest places to find people, especially if you are somebody who, to your point, like works with coaches or works in the digital space in a really big way. Uh, that's a really great place to start is the comments. I love that. Another thing that I love to do is take a look at people who are investing in their business in any way. So that might mean going to a branding website and seeing who their recent clients were. If you've just invested in branding, you're probably interested in investing in other places of your business. If you just hired an email marketer, you're probably interested in investing in other places in your business. Now, someone could say, well, they may not have the budget for it, though. And here's the thing. 
I don't make assumptions. And if I'm going to make an assumption, I'm going to make an assumption that benefits me versus an assumption that doesn't benefit me because they're equally true and I'm going to have my back. So I would say that's also a place to start is take a look at who is actively investing in their business. Um, You know, look at people who, you know, also like sharing information on Instagram. If you like social media, sharing tons of educational content that does give applicable answers, but also is vague enough where people have questions so that in the comments, someone says, but wait, but what if dot, 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 but what if I dot, 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 but what if you do it this way? Or how about if your business is set up this way? And then you start having those conversations there too. Many, many, many ways to do this though. It's so good. And I think that's, you have so many creative ways, which is what I like because it's like, it's not just, it's not just like, okay, go and like use a sourcing list to get all these emails and go from there. It's like, no, like actually do some digging, which makes it it possible for everyone. No, it doesn't because I, I did the hundred pitches last year and I, I fully did not do my four. I only did two, but I did get answers. I did get answers. Did you get clients? (laughs) I got leads and I don't think I followed up on them. So like it's, I dropped the ball, but (laughs) no, but I did have people say like, I had people come and follow me on Instagram from the email saying they were interested, but not, not at that time. Right. So it's like, I could have followed up on them and I didn't. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I was going to say. I lost my train of thought, (laughs) but but I wanted to ask, um, are there offers that you wouldn't suggest pitching for versus ones you would like, would you, would you, would you recommend pitching one-on-one or would you recommend more pitching like done for you? Or is it like, does one perform better? I I would say uh, it's tough. I typically always have two answers. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you're in the doers, then you know this because I'll say, I'm going to give you two answers and they're going to be totally opposite. But the thing is, is that it kind of depends on the business. So if you are scrappy, hungry, messy, imperfect, that's how I grow my businesses, then I have an answer for you. If you are perfect, I want to follow the rules, give me rigidity, I have an answer for you. So the messy, scrappy answer is pitch anything, pitch relentlessly, pitch nonstop, pitch it all. Don't give a shit, right? Right. Now, if you do want to have some rigidity, I would say I wouldn't pitch passive products Mm -hmm. and people do not pay for answers ever. If you think of any purchase you've ever made in your life, you might think that you are paying for an answer. You are not. You are paying for that person's opinion on that answer and having it customized to your business. I could easily find 9 million places of free websites for Show It that exist. Show It has free websites. There's free sales page copy everywhere. There's free stock photography. There's free email campaigns. There's free email platforms. Everything is free if you want to go that route. The difference is that people want a website that embodies them. The difference is that someone wants sales copy in their voice. The difference is that someone wants social media templates that not everyone has seen in creative market. So your sell is never about the answer. It's all about customization to them and your customization, your take on that particular thing. So if you were to reach out, I would say, what is the thing that you can embody the most that you could just like have so much passion around? If there is a service that you just like cannot jive with perfectly all the time, or it so depends on the person 
then I would hold. Now, what I mean by that is I do not, you know, I'm, I, in my opinion, if I'm going to be an entrepreneur, then I only want to work with like bad bitches. You know what I mean? Like I only want to work with people that I love, that I respect, that I think are cool. So for me, I'm not about to go pitch people these like six, eight, 12 month retainers. And then I get in one month and I hate you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's not going to happen. So I'm not pro personally in my life. This is not advice. This is my preference. I don't personally like to put pitch retainers. I like to pitch an initial project. So for instance, if we were to do social media marketing for six, eight, 12 months for a client, we would kick off anyway with a one to two month audit and setup. And basically what we're doing is like analyzing strategy. We're testing different posting times. We're trying different graphics. We're seeing how people respond to things. We're seeing what they know about the brand. We're gauging a lot of stuff with the community. We're doing a huge messaging strategy, a huge, you know, uh, design push, like, and shift and change and copy and all this. Like we're doing a huge project in this first two months just to learn what does the audience know about you? It takes about two months anyway. Then we'll you know, keep going with content. So when I pitch to people, I'm like, let's set this up for two months. You'll have honestly a thousand Instagram templates that you can now go use in your business. You'll also have a shit ton of copy, copy templates. You'll understand your hierarchy of marketing. We have this like massive 50 page document that they get from us about how to market their business. They don't need us anymore at the end of that two month mark. The people who stay on are people who are like, I do not want to lift a finger and I'm obsessed with you guys. And also we like working with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to pitch, let's do this eight month thing with a two month kickoff. I'm going to pitch, let's try this two month kickoff. And if we like each other, then let's move forward. And that way I have an out, they have an out. If it's not working, if we don't want to do it, if I change my mind, whatever it is. So I would say if you want some rigidity, I would maybe think of like, is there a project that you have that kicks off a retainer so that someone can stay with you? But also I would personally never pitch a digital product product. I think that's just a little awkward. Um, and you can do that in marketing. Like you can do that in marketing emails, but I wouldn't like reach out and say, hi, Feli, you know, like we're looking for new people to purchase our course. Like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> what about betas? Would you pitch? Beta? Oh my God, pitch yeah. away for a beta. Yes. <laughs> people love getting pitched for beta services. And the thing is like, a lot of everybody thinks that everything has to be so perfect. If you want mm. proof that an imperfect business works, you should look at me. My shit's a fucking mess. It's a mess. Everything has a typo. Emails don't go out on time. Instagram, I neglect for a month. Like now that doesn't mean that my work is bad. I definitely prioritize our clients. Our clients are very happy in Dials Your Marketing. Granted, I have a full-time team for that. Um, so for me, like, I am not the perfectionist to admire. Like, it's just not going to happen. But I think it works that way. And so your question was around um, pitching betas. The thing is, like, people, like, people want so much, people need so much, like, base knowledge on the thing that you know so well that you don't have to do this, like, massively above and beyond scheme to convert people into your space. It just isn't required. So, for instance, you know, the pitch challenge is a really great idea. I had this massive idea for the pitch challenge, the 100 pitch challenge, pitch 100 people, and I wanted everything. I wanted to do a pitch race. I wanted to have pre-written emails. I wanted to have a pre-made lead tracker. I wanted to have 
this, that, and the other thing. Like I, there's so much that I want in this pitch push because I want people to feel empowered to do that. And I told the doers that I wanted to start it. And they said, can you start it now? And I said, yeah, but I don't have the pre-made emails. I don't have the pre-made lead tracker. I don't have the services guide. I don't have how to pitch in the DMs. I don't have how to differentiate pockets, budgets, and banks. And they were like, we don't care. <laughs> like, just give us something to start with. And I think that, you know, we we think that we're more important than we are, where it's like, no, but everything has to be like perfect. No, people love a beta. People love knowing it's a beta so that it's fair. You know, they love getting in at a good price, especially if it's your audience. You know, I wouldn't probably be pitching super hard a beta to people I don't know. I'd probably be looking at who's reacting the most in my Instagram stories, who's responding to me, who's asking questions, who's done a discovery call and ghosted me. And I would maybe reach out to them and say, hey, um, you know, I'm thinking about like, that's how MPM started, by the way, is that someone said, are you doing another group program? And I said, I don't have one in the books. Tell me what you want. And she said, okay, well, I would want it to be 12 weeks. I'd want to cover X, Y, Z. And I said, how many people do you want in it? Do you want 10 people or do you want 40 people? And she was like, I don't really care. I'm 20 ish. And I said, great. How much would you pay for it? And she said, 1500. And I said, awesome. I'm going to go find 10 other people. <laughs> so then I did. And I, I posted on my Instagram stories and I said, Hey, here's generally what I'm thinking. If you're interested, DM me. And people would DM me and I'd say, what do you want in it? How many people? How much would you pay for this? And I didn't follow that first person's guideline. I followed that first person's guideline to find a group mm -hmm. of 10 to 20 people. And I made a collection of all of it. And that was my first round of MPEM. I don't know if you were in that one, but um, that's how I built it was I was like, what do you want? What do you want to cover? What do you need in here? How much do you want to pay for it? Do you want calls with me? Do you want group calls? Do you want a Slack channel? Do you want to like I let everybody else build it, you mm -hmm. know? So it's like listening to your audience versus like pitching to random people. I'm rambling, but I hope I answered <laughs> You did answer the question, but I liked, I, I liked, liked I liked the, the segment. I liked the segment. So I let it continue. <laughs> yeah. um, but I wanted to wrap this up. But before I wanted to ask you if you have any like testimonials or case studies or crazy wins from people that I know you just did the pitch challenge, oh God, but yes. other people have done it. So share. Yes. I had a client who was making about six grand a month, which is pretty good, you know? Mm -hmm. And she was like, I want a big, big, big business though. I want the 20, 30 K. And I said, okay, pitch. And she, like everybody doubted me and was like, no, but it's going to feel so awkward. People are going to think I'm selling them. And I'm like, you are selling them. Don't avoid that. Just make it more connective. Don't be like, I'm not selling you. You are. And you're allowed to. There's a way to do it that's connective. And so she got out there. She got through 30 pitches and she had eight converted clients at an average 5K a month. Boom. Went to 40 $46,000 a month in literally less than a month. We just did this in the doers where we did a pitch race first to 50. The first person to 50 got two months free in the doers. The second person to 50 got a free month in the doers. And then if anybody got through 50 pitches in the time allotted, they got free merch from our merch store. So that was kind of like my push for them. But while we were on the call pitching, they were like, oh, I got a response. Oh my God, I got a discovery call. Oh my God, I got another discovery call. I got another discovery call. And I'm like, isn't that fascinating? <laughs> Isn't it wild that I've been screaming from a mountaintop that this works and it happens to work? 
Um, they're also getting, which is exciting to me, not right now responses, which mm-hmm. is honestly the best response. That person just told you, I'm interested. Please come back around. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're crushing it, dude. It's amazing. I love that. And I love that it's so, so quick to see results. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's going to take you three months because you are sending the follow-ups and everything. So it, it can be the first message, the second message, the third or the fourth that people answer off of, but you could totally. get someone right away saying like, Hey, I need this. Perfect yeah, timing, like, you know? The, yeah. The great thing about the pitch challenge is that you are going to close. If you use my method, you are going to close clients immediately, like, and not same day, but I mean, like within those four emails, you will definitely close clients. You'll also get people who don't respond to you, who are turning around to their team saying, oh my God, I found the best person. I'm going to hire her in two months. And you are not aware of it. There's also going to be people who say, please come back in three months. So you're planting, I always tell people you're planting tomatoes, you know? So you're planting these tomatoes and then you're going to be standing up by the garden saying like, where's my tomatoes? Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? And it's like, no, 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 no. You have a harvest coming. Yeah. And that's the most exciting thing is that with this pitch challenge that we just did this week in the doers or this past week in the doers is that they are seeing immediate sales, which is exciting. But what they don't know that's coming is that in September and October, they're going to be booking like crazy because people are coming back around. They're following up with them and it's so exciting. So it's fun to watch. I love it. Do you still pitch for dial zero? No, I don't. So, well, yes, that's, that's not true. Yes, I do. But I did it a little differently. Now, keep in mind, your girl's been in sales for 15 years, okay? Mm-hmm. So she knows a thing or two about a thing or two. But I also come from corporate where I was very heavily connected, okay? I worked really closely with the senior buyers at Bloomingdale's, at Dillard's, at Nordstrom, and even Marcus, at Saks. I know tons of founders. Um, I worked with tons of really high-up editors at magazines, And so with Dial Zero, I knew, first of all, I knew that if I launched a branding and social media agency, I would be competing with branding and social media people in my membership if I charged the same as them. And so I couldn't, right? I would be completely cannibalizing their business because people would be hiring me over them. And I was not about to do that to my clients and the doers. So instead I said, okay, our kickoff is going to be 5,000 a month. The average is going to be 75, you know, 100 to 10,000 a month. Our highest would be like twenty-five to forty thousand dollars a month, and that's like eight team members assigned to your business full time. Uh, so I knew that I was going to go into that space, and I knew that I didn't really have those people in my space. So I reached out to instead of pitching to clients, I pitched to my mm. network, and I said to them, "I will pay you two thousand dollars for every single person that signs with me." And they went to fucking work, man. Yes, they did. And there's someone who I paid $10,000 in affiliate kickbacks personally to her bank account. There are people who I paid $4,000, $6,000, and they just are on it. You know who you need to work with? Ashley, she's the best. You know who you need to work with? Ashley, she's the best. And that's how we're working with people like Brooke Shields, Bethany Frankel. You know, we're talking to the Skinny Confidential, uh, BeautyCon, Brands in Sephora, is because I'm like, hey, if you get your friend in, I'll pay you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll pay you well. Yeah, so, so you went the pitched, referral network pitch, though. Yeah, I pitched to to like two referrals. Yeah, because okay. I was like, I'm too busy to sell. You know, <laughs> so if you go sell for me, I'll pay you a, a big chunk. But it it a it paid off, and b totally. it shows that pitching isn't just 
like it it doesn't it, it has layers it's not just yeah. okay pitch your done for you service it's like you can pitch to referrals you can pitch to affiliates you can pitch totally. in different directions yeah absolutely no question love it well do you have anything else you want to add before i ask the final question oh god the final question um <laughs> that's nerve-wracking <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I would say if anybody's interested in pitching, there's two ways that I can really, you know, help you do that. One is to join the free pitch challenge, which is on my website. If you go to teamap.consulting and you go to free, you'll see the pitch challenge there. Or if you want to join the doers club, you will be able to join things like the pitch races. You can put your pitch inside the doers and I will just like destroy it for you and like help you rebuild it. You could bring it to office hours. We can talk through the pitch process so that you can get one-on-one feedback from me. If you're in the doers library, you will get access to the pitch playbook. So you'll have all those downloadable uh, pre-written emails. I think there's like 10 total. Um, but yeah, I'm here to support. So that's that's my spiel if someone's interested in hearing more information on pitching. Perfect. I love it. Um, and the playbook is different than what you get from the free on the website. Yeah. Yeah. So when you join the free challenge, you get, you get a decent amount. You get like a free services guide, you get a free lead tracker, you get walked through the process. We talk a little bit about mindset stuff. Um, but it's self-guided, you Mm -hmm. know, like you have to go, I'm not checking in, you know, I'm just giving you some pitch tools along the way. Um, but the pitch playbook is copy paste emails. And I have an example email and a template email so that you can see how I would construct it because it's very templated. Uh, So we have, I think like six initial kickoff emails. We have subject line examples. We have how to follow up properly. The third email, the fourth email, um, and, you know, some tips and tricks to kind of like pitch the best and additional lead trackers. We have a Google Sheets lead tracker, an Airtable lead tracker. We have a ton of stuff. Love it. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, the last question, which isn't nerve wracking at all, is what makes you an unprofessional entrepreneur? Oh my God. I'm the most unprofessional entrepreneur. I curse like a sailor. I'm not wearing real pants right now. I'm wearing like, you know, girl boxers and an oversized sweater. Um, I, here's the thing is that like, I don't have a work-life balance because I try to do both of them as much as possible. You know, after this, I'm going to go take probably a two-hour walk around the park that I live by and listen to some podcasts, maybe like jot some ideas down, which is personal time mixed with work, right? I tell a story sometimes where I recently went to uh, ice cream with my family and I was answering the emails while getting ice cream with my family. And it's like, I'm working while I'm with them. So for me, like I'm unprofessional because like I don't really quote unquote take off work, but I'm not always working anyway. I try to merge all of it together where I don't have a nine to five of work and I don't have a five to nine of life. I'm doing everything and I'm living my life. And I happen to work a lot because I love my job and I love to work and I'm ambitious. So I think part of the unprofessional thing is also like I do what I want, you know, there's a client who's like, but why wasn't this done? And I'm like, because I was asleep. (laughs) I don't like, I don't know what you expect. I also am cutthroat. And the good news about Dial Zero Marketing is that I do have Team AP Consulting. Like we have so much revenue coming in from Team AP Consulting that like Dial Zero Marketing, I can cut you whenever. And if you say shit to my team, you are out of here. We had somebody badmouth someone on my team and she was out that minute, done, effective immediately. Here's your onboarding instructions. Never speak to me again. And 
maybe that's unprofessional, but I do not have space for it. You you can say whatever the fuck you want to me. Don't say anything to my people because I'm mama bear about them. And we're trying to have fun. You know, I'm not trying to like be the be- the biggest, best agency. I'm not hired by these people because I'm the best. I'm hired to- by them because they trust me and because we do a good job consistently. And I think that's kind of the key to making sure you don't burn out. I can't do a phenomenal job every day. I can do a good job every day. And that's what I promise. So I'm not trying to be the best. I'm trying to do fine and have fun. <laughs> I'm trying to do fine and have fun. I love that. That should be yeah. merch. <laughs> do enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I love it because I also talk about like, what's your version of enough? Because if you don't define that, you're just going to burn yourself out trying to find it. Um, yeah. And like, trust me, like your girl runs four businesses We're our gross revenue is a million dollars or more. Like I'm not saying do enough means like we're lazy. Like yeah. I work, but it's all stuff that I like. So it's all, it's all good things. So, and I think that yeah. makes a difference is you actually like it. And I will, and I swear to you, mark my words, I will quit when I want to. Like, I have no allegiance to the Team AP space, to the doer space, where if I know that I'm done, I'm out of here. And with love and with care and that kind of thing. But like, I don't want anyone to think that I'm doing things that I feel obligated to do. I will only do things that I want to do. And maybe sometimes that means that I want to work for free with a client because they're going to open doors for me. But it may also mean that, you know, I shut things down. Dial zero might be done by the end of the year. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just trying to have fun. I'm trying to have fun. I have fun in work. I like working and uh, I'm just trying to make the most of it while I have it. I love it. And that's what we should all aim for. You know, like if you're not having fun, what are you doing it for? Because I used, I was the person that I, I mean, I started my business so I could travel because I was always traveling and I never worked a job more than a year and I would fully ask for vacation time already having the trip booked and I would quit if they said no because I was yeah. like I come first You're like, I'm like, out of here. I don't care this I'm a paycheck to you you don't want to give me a vacation okay I'm gonna go on vacation anyways find someone new yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. so yeah I'm I'm glad I'm I'm really happy with this I think this turned out really informational and I'm excited for the Good. people to to listen hey thanks for having me on yeah thanks for coming all right well that's all i have for all of you today i am so grateful for all of you for listening and i hope you liked this interview with my guest if you do head to the show notes and check them out and of course don't forget to check me out and slide into my dms let's shoot the shit and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from today But as always, I'm going to love you and leave you with the reminder that I'll see you in two days on Thursday with my solo episode. And of course, don't forget to stay unprofessional.